your hands together unto the Lord. And give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise your name, God. We glorify you tonight, Jesus. Father, we magnify you, God. Lord, you're great, you're good, you're awesome. You're mighty, God. Hallelujah, you're a holy God. You're an amazing God. You are a wonderful God. You are a loving God. Hallelujah, we praise your name this afternoon, Lord God, for the opportunity to come into the house of God, Lord God, one more time and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we thank you for your mercies. Lord God, we thank you for your compassion to us, Lord, this evening. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Hallelujah, that is in this building. Hallelujah, if you're hungry for God, if you're thirsty for God, hallelujah, let that be known with the surrenderance of your heart. Not just with the lifting up of your hands and the lifting up of your mouth. Hallelujah, but my heart is speaking what my mouth is speaking. My heart is speaking what my hands are speaking. Lord, I surrender all. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way in this house. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done in this place. brother with the blue suit on standing by the door if you couldn't raise your hands I don't know who you are but when I stepped into when I came to the platform no when I stood up during the song service I saw the hand of the Lord on you and it was almost like I saw you in a battle room in, in, in a room it was like I saw you in a room like a, a war room and I saw you I saw you strategizing I saw you in a war room with a table of men almost like as if I saw you like um, strategizing like a like a general like someone that would be preparing for war, preparing for battle. And it was almost like God had given you an insight um, to navigate in the season of great conflict. I also see secrets all around you. You're a person, I don't know who you are, but you're a person that knows when to open your mouth and you know when to close it. And the Lord says, I can trust him with secret things. The Lord said that in an hour, there are things that he has spoken to you about in dreams. The things that he's spoken to you about in visions. But the season that you're in and the dreams that God has given doesn't really make sense. 
when you compare it to where God is taking you to, where God's bringing you to, where you're going. In an appointed time, in an appointed hour, I see the Lord using your voice. And when I say that, I'm talking about even prophetically. Because I see the Lord using you in an, in an hour where people are looking for direction, people not knowing where to go. And I see you standing up in an hour like a general. And I see you speaking direction and refuge and peace to people that are wayward, almost like a lighthouse. When I see you, I see a lot of traffic. I see a lot of traffic. And sometimes when you consider people that are like this, they've had to go through quite a bit of things that prepare them for where they're going. The Lord told me to tell you that the suffering that you've endured is preparation for the place that he is taking you to. There's a place that God has for you in the kingdom of God that right now you're not ready. But the suffering that you've endured is making you and is preparing you. Stretch your hands towards our brother in the name of Jesus. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for every loss. In the name of Jesus, Lord, because every loss that he has suffered, there's an anointing that comes with the suffering. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them discerning of spirits like never before. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would cause his eyes to see like never before. His discernment, Lord God, to rise to another level like never before. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the word of prophecy, Lord God, to be in him like never before. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would give him the right words about to speak with clarity and with strong direction. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Father, for your power. We thank you for your authority, Lord God, that is upon this life. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. My sister on the front row, second row with the jean dress on. I want you to raise your hands. The Lord said, fear not. He said, for your time is not yet. He said, but it is an appointed time. This night, the Lord said, I do not want you to begin to look and to begin to expect things that are not in their time, not in their season." The Lord says there are promises that he has spoken to you. That he told you that you will see before your departure. So this night I speak peace to your heart and to your mind. For the Lord said that season shall not come. But at an appointed time. But the Lord said I want you to look for the promises that he spoke to you. 
that would manifest before that appointed time. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the deliverance. I thank you for the revival that's going to hit the home, the family. In the name of Jesus, do not be distracted. Do not be distracted by what you see. Do not be distracted by what you hear. The Lord said, do not allow the attack that has hit the home to hit your heart. For the Lord says, I stand with you. And every promise that he has spoken shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I speak deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing to your body. Because there's a stress, there's a worry, there's an anxiety. I heard you say, Lord, why now? Why now? Why now? The Lord says, I've dispatched angels. In the name of Jesus. Let the Lord work. Let him work. Sister, I want you to raise your hands. The Lord said, people come, people go. And one of the things you've got to learn early is you've got to learn how to let go when God says it's time to move on. And sometimes when we're not willing to do that, God will allow other people to do the favor for us. Sometimes people that will do things for us that we ourselves do not have the peace within us or the desire to do. The Lord said, do not be attached to everything that you see and that you come in contact with. He said, because some people, some relationships, some friends are temporary. They fulfilled the purpose for the time. He said, but you've got to keep it moving. Do not be distracted by things that you do not understand, but trust in the power and the hand of God. For the Lord says, I am ordering your steps. Even the steps that seem difficult, even the steps that don't make sense, even when it seems like people that you love and people that you know, they're going to go in their direction and it's like God's got you in a place and you just feel like you're stuck. But the Lord says, I'm working things out for your good. Stretch your hands towards it this night. I speak peace when you sleep tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that she would rest well. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, for the distractions that you're moving. You're putting her, yourself at the forefront of her mind. In the name of Jesus and trusting you, Lord God, for every door that you allow to close, it is because you've got a greater one that's going to open. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Everybody worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
brother with the blue with the blue shirt with the red collar, the red inside of the collar with the young lady next to you. Should lift your hands. Is that your wife? I want you to raise your hands. Stretch your hands towards them, church. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Help them to be patient. And help them not to talk himself out of what he's prayed for. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom. Help them not to talk himself out of what he prayed for. Help them to see your hand in the name of Jesus. Help them not to fear their faces, but help them to see your hand in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Sit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to be delivered, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus. Say, your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, Neither will the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Lord, have your way tonight in Jesus' name. There's something to be said about influence. 
the world that we're in is a world that is forever changing and forever evolving. And then one would say that how is it that things are changing and evolving? But then you have it written in the scripture where it says that there is nothing new under the sun. I found that there are things that may be new to you, but they're not new to God. Same spirits that we deal with today. Somebody dealt with those same spirits yesterday. And there's something to be said when you're going through something. Because one thing about going through is that the enemy has a tendency to magnify the conflict, magnify the issue or your issue or whatever you're fighting or whatever it's fighting against you. It is amazing how we can magnify the pain or the adversity and minimize our deliverer, our healer, our king, our Lord. I think about in the scripture when David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. There's something to be said when you magnify God by yourself. But there's something that happens when we magnify the Lord together. You know, we live in a world where people, when you're going through, I remember years ago someone said to me, it might have been my mother. She said, George, don't be disturbed by what people say. Misery loves company. And there's something that be said that when people are in this world, it's one thing when you're going through something. It's a whole other thing when you're going through it by yourself. There's some things that, for instance, People would prefer that, you know, that they were in by themselves. What I mean by that is that you can take, you can take a family, you can take a husband, you can take a mother. And if they're poor and if they're suffering and they don't know where the next meal is going to come from, even though they love their children and even though they love their family, there's a part of them that wrestles with the fact that they're going through such suffering with the whole family. There's some things that people would prefer to go through by themselves. And I sit back and I think about the testimonies of missionaries that went into other countries. And they endured such pain, such hardship. There's so many of them that talk about wars that broke out in their countries. And it was impossible for them to get out of their country. Some people lost their children. Some people's families were injured in the middle of the conflict. And even though they loved and they appreciate the fact that God had given them a family, it was a challenge for them to go through that season knowing that not only were they suffering, 
But the ones that they loved the most were suffering right along with them. I spoke the other day about Christ. I think it was the apostle that said something about knowing him and the power of his resurrection. But in the fellowship of his suffering. See, the thing is, I can know someone without fellowship. You can know something about someone without fellowship. There are people that know that there are certain athletes that are better than other athletes. Why? Because you have observed their ball game. And nevertheless, you can look at another person and say, well, I know that this brand, you know, this person makes quality stuff based upon the brand that they, that, that, that they put out there. The person would say, well, I think that this purse would probably be better than this purse. They don't put out any junk. And the reason why a person would say that is not because they know the individual or they're familiar with the individual, but they are familiar with their product. They have experienced the product. And one thing about an experience is that an experience it is hard to erase what you have experienced. I was talking to someone the other day and I told them, I said, when the prodigal son departed from his father's house, He swindled all of his money, but it still didn't register. A famine came into the land, still didn't register. His friends and people that he swindled his money with left him, still didn't register. It wasn't until he got down to the bottom of the pig pen that it was so amazing that he could not erase the goodness of his father. He swindled the money. He swindled who he was. He he, he lost his inheritance. But he could not lose the memory of the goodness of his father. There's something about the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. That's why I'm persuaded that regardless of whatever you're dealing with in life, if God woke you up this morning as an act of mercy, I don't care what you've done yesterday, I don't care what you've done years ago or weeks ago, whatever's following you. If God woke you up this morning, it's because he is wanting to do something. He, doesn't, he didn't wake you up to judge you. He woke you up to restore you. He woke you up to heal you. He woke you up to redeem you. But then you begin to think about the other person that says that I've I've tasted of God. 
I know something about the power of God. I've seen God heal. I've seen God deliver. I've seen God work miracles in my life. And I'm quite positive that I'm not the only one. But many of you have testimonies of things that you can testify personally that God has worked in your life. Have any of you in this room ever seen God make a way out of no way for you? As a matter of fact, even when I said it, some of you started praising God when you begin to think about the very act of deliverance that God worked in your life. Hallelujah. You know that he is a good God. My brother in the back, the one that doesn't have much hair on his head. I'm trying to, short vocabulary, the bald head guy. Yes, sir, stand up. To raise your hands. The Lord wants to heal your heart. Not just emotionally, spiritually, mentally, but the Lord wants to heal your physical heart. Your physical heart. In the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to slow down a little bit. What's your name? Andy. I want you to begin to slow down, Andy. Because I see you busy. I see you focus. And while you're trying to build in this life, you're neglecting other areas. And what I mean by that is that God wants you to know balance. But he's got to be at the forefront, Andy. Your heart, I, I don't know what's going on, but I see something going on. You look like you're in good shape, but I see something going on in your heart. God wants to heal that, all right? But I want you to put God first. I want you to let God, and what I mean by that, letting God order your steps. Sometimes we can come to the house of God faithfully. We can do all the right stuff. But God doesn't just want us to just do the right stuff or just do stuff that works. God wants us in this perfect will. God's trying to bring you into a place of alignment. I know that you have dealt with, I see the word betrayal written behind you. And God has brought you forth. But the Lord says, I want to, even though you feel like you've kind of come into a new place, there's still old things that you're fighting with in your mind and in your heart that's connected to the old place. And I'm telling you that if you will give God this, God will heal the heart. Why? Because I see you, I see you warring and it's attacking your body. And what you're dealing with is a spirit. But if you're going to walk in the healing power of God, you've got to surrender everything to God. 
It doesn't matter how successful you are. If you miss this, you got to make it. So in the name of Jesus, stretch your hands towards my brother. My brother Andy. This word is not just for him, but there's several other men in this church. You're in the same position as Andy. Sometimes you could be a good guy. But God's not looking for just a good guy. God's looking for somebody that's saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to cast all my cares upon you for you care for me. In the name of Jesus, come on, that's it. If that's you, receive this word right now. Come on, sometimes some of you men, you're, you're, you're great providers, but you're no priest. You're, you work diligently making sure that you provide for your home, but you're not receiving what God has provided for the kingdom of God. So you're taking on more weight. You're taking on more burden. You're taking on more adversity on your life. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, we release this stuff. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would make them whole. In the name of Jesus, touch his kidneys. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would touch his heart, touch his kidneys tonight. Make them completely whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nevertheless, when you're suffering, when you're going through, Andy, you've ever been through something? (laughs) He's like, yeah. Anybody like Andy ever been through something? I remember years ago when I was in high school, I thought I was in love. I said, I thought. And I said, I want to get married. And the mother of the person that I said heard it, she said, George, it would not last six weeks. She said it wouldn't last six weeks. She said because by the time you start going through some things. You're going to find out what your love is really made of. She's like George how many bills do you got? (laughs) Whose house are you living in? What car are you driving? Who paid for the clothes that are on your back? If you don't know anything about commitment just for taking care of yourself, how do you think you're going to be committed to a relationship when you've learned, never learned how to be committed to taking care of your own self? See, the thing is, in order for love to grow, it grows through commitment. Love is not just a strong emotion. 
Love is a committed act that's not just for the moment, but it comes on a contract basis that says, I am securing this and I am committed to this until the day you die. The apostle talked about knowing God and the power of the resurrection. But then he talks about knowing him in the fellowship of his suffering. There's some people in this room that the reason why you and your spouse are much closer today than you were when you first got married is not because of the trips that you took to the Cayman Islands. But it was the trips that you took to the gates of hell. <laughs> what are you saying, Brother Hurt? Have you ever gone through something and you're like, this is killing me? Have you ever gone through something? Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. I've seen it where children die in the relationship. And you would think that even though this was something that was birthed out of the relationship, a death too close can hurt and can wound a relationship. I thank the Lord that one thing about suffering with Christ is that when there is a wound that takes place, the amazing thing is with Christ is that he will not allow the suffering to have an adverse effect on him. But his love and his affection towards you would not decrease, but it increases. Paul understood that there was something about the fellowship that came with suffering. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because there are many people in this room that your suffering has left you wounded. What are you saying, Brother Hurt? I've seen it where children get older. And because maybe something happened as a child, they suffered through something without Christ. And like I said, there are times where you go through something. And there are people in your life that you're like, God, I wish... I've sat back in offices and I've talked to parents as they talk to their children, trying to console a child that was molested by a live-in boyfriend, molested or raped by a live-in uncle, cousin, older sibling. It happened up under the watch. Of the parent. 
And as a parent is sitting back trying its best to try to console that child, there's a part of the child that was like, I love you, but because this happened under your watch, I don't know who I'm talking to, because it happened under your watch, I felt like you neglected me in a home that I should feel safe or a house that you're sending me to or a school that you're sending me to that you approved of that I should feel safe in becomes a habitation, habitation of vultures, predators, that have it out to do nothing but to seek and to destroy my life. That person, they say that when they suffered, though they stayed in the same house, though they shared the same bedroom, it is possible to live under the same roof and suffer by yourself. And what happens is, is that you take that child when that child gets older. And there's been a suffering. Sometimes all it takes, I don't know who I'm talking to, but listen, all it takes is just for one moment. One conflict. One encounter. One experience, and it can psychologically wound the spirit or the mind of that child for the rest of his life to the place where the first years they've got to act like everything is good. But after a while, there's only so much and only for so long that you can hold what is fighting you on the inside. See, the thing is, when you're suffering, I remember as a child coming up, my parents moved me to another school district. Children out there were a little bit more wealthier than the children where we came from. And we really didn't belong in that neighborhood. They were trying to provide a better way of living. And I remember going to this other school. And we were poor. But I did not want to come to school resembling how poor we were. I wanted to look like everything was good, but everything was bad. Wanted to look like that when I was coming to school, wanted to look like that I've got this happy family at home. But when I go home, I'm getting the brakes beat off of me. I want to look like everything is good. 
but I've got secrets of a person molesting me and I can't talk about it. Why? Because when you suffer by yourself, sometimes it's easier to try to keep it to yourself. Because one thing about suffering by yourself is that the enemy will magnify your suffering on a level that will convince you that you're the only one that's going through or that has gone through the very thing that you're in or the very thing that you've come out of. So what happens? You take that person and eventually there's a meltdown. Maybe it is a reminder. Maybe it's going to the mall and maybe it's walking past a store that triggers something. Or maybe it's a certain perfume or maybe it's a certain smell. Maybe it's a basketball game. Maybe it's a ride down the street. Maybe it's just crossing over a bridge that triggers the wound and the reminder of the wound. And when the reminder of the wound is triggered, then the reliving of the experience begins to heighten in that individual's life and the living, the reliving of that experience becomes the more of the reality than the reality that they have tried to paint for everybody else. See, when you're suffering by yourself, you're taught to put on this mask and make it look like I'm fine. What do you mean by the herd? I remember as a child coming up, seven years old, molested by my mother's living boyfriend. And I remember my mother, I mean, remember the young, the man saying after that, he said, are you all right? I mean, like, really? I mean, how are you supposed to feel? But so that this thing, this heinous act that has already destroyed your innocence, doesn't shut you all the way down. You've got to act as though you're fine when you're really not. I've gone to California. I've gone to Hollywood. I've met actors. I've met actresses. But some of the greatest actors and some of the greatest actresses are not the ones that are in Hollywood. Some of the greatest actors and some of the greatest actresses sit right on Pentecostal pews. And the thing is, you get paid in Hollywood 
for being an actor. There's some actors, they played the role so much that if you were a Bill Cosby show watcher, you don't even know the man's name, but you call him Theo. Claire you begin to identify them by the role that they play but even though Cliff played his role well it was hard for other people to really deal with the reality of who he really was. Because sometimes people don't want you for who you are. They want you for who you act like you are. Suffering. I remember they said, George, what is going on with you? You're out of control. I remember coming home. I'm transparent only for the fact that I want to help somebody. I came home. And I'd come home. And there were times where there were the physical abuse from a father that apologized once again. He got everything right with me before he died, and I never held anything over his head. But he was so bitter and he was so angry over the fact that he himself had to take on the responsibility of raising two kids plus his next child without the assistance of my biological mother. That the bitterness and the frustration increased his anger and robbed his children of the love that was actually needed. Remember when my stepmother asked me, she said, George, what is going on with you? She said, you're out of control. You're self-destructing. What's wrong? You think that you get a beating consistently. To this day, I've got marks on my body. You get a beating consistently. But if you walk away and just act like you still feel safe with them and act like you still like 
everything is good. Then if you play the role well, you can get rewarded. But if you don't play the, play the role well, you get rejected. What do you do when you're suffering and you're suffering by yourself? Sometimes a person that is inflicting the wound upon you can be the very person that you feel the need to gain affirmation from. There's some people in this room right now. They are exactly in the place that I've talked about. The reason why you can't see it is because they have been playing the role of an actor. There are celebrities that go so long, they've got fans. The fans don't love them for who they are. They love them for the role that they play. And after those actors and actresses get high up and gain all the money, they come to a place where they realize that people and their fans don't love them for who they are. They love them for the role that they play. They suffer by themselves. And eventually what happens is that it brings them to a place. They get on drugs. They get on alcohol. They start opening up doors to other spirits and other things in their life. In result, a lot of them end up ending their life. Why? Because they suffered by themselves. One of the worst things other than just suffering with the wrong person is also suffering by yourself. And what happens is, is that when you have learned to go through a season by yourself, then when you come in the presence of the Lord, it's challenging to come in. And actually be yourself. What do you mean by the hurt? There are people in this room tonight that God said, I am going to deliver you tonight. You mean by the hurt? But what do you do when you've got things that are literally taking over you? Paul talked about in the church of Corinth. He speaks about leaven. And oftentimes we think about just the fornication that's involved. The Bible said that a man had his father's wife. And the people had not mourned. 
Paul had an issue over the fact that this thing was going on. And not only was it going on, but no one had anything to say about it. It was all right. What happens when your bondage becomes all right? What happens when you can come to the house of God and live in bondage and stay in bondage? And it's, praise the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What happens when you come to the house of God? And the stronghold in your life is allowed instead of confronted. See, the thing is, when you start confronting certain things, you deal with the conflict. But in order to have deliverance, you can't have deliverance without a conflict. Paul talks to the church. He tells them, he said, why haven't you mourned? There was a callousness. There was a sense of normality. It became something that was not even mentioned among the Gentiles. Became something that intertwined itself within that local church's culture. Paul writes a letter and says, I'm hearing things and I want to let you know that this is not normal. Church. We must understand that this is not normal. You've got to understand, listen, it may be normal for people to come in this way. But when it comes down to the kingdom of God, that's a new norm. And that new norm says you don't stay this way. What do you mean, Brother Hurt? That means if any man be in Christ. Paul told that church he is a new creature. He said, all things have passed away. All things are made new. What's going on? They're in a place. Paul is speaking to them. And he's informing them. that this little bit of leaven will begin to filter itself throughout the whole, this little bitty leaven. All it takes is just this little piece of leaven and you, and you leave it there like it belongs. And what you leave there like it belongs will begin to seize the whole body and that little leaven will begin to leaven the whole lump. What are you saying, Mother Hurt? Can I tell you that there's deliverance in this room tonight? 
there is a deep deliverance, a deep breakthrough, a deep stronghold that is going to come down in this house tonight. But somewhere along the line, someone has to say, I will not tolerate this thing in my world no more. I will not tolerate this thing in my house no more. I will not tolerate this thing in the church no more. Paul said, if I suffer with him, I reign with him. See, the thing is, is that you go through this world and you try to act like, well, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. And you're hoping that if you would just speak words, you know, we say things like, we call those things that be not as though they are. I'm sorry. The Lord calls those things that be not as though they are, not the church. And, and you're trying to create by, and I believe in speaking words. But your confession alone is not going to change you. It takes more than a confession. It takes a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It takes a surrenderance to the word of God. It takes the blood of Jesus applied to your life. And it takes an infilling power of the Holy Ghost. Something greater has to come on the inside of you than the enemies and the things of your life that is opposing you from the outside or from the inside. Sin, brother Hurt. Paul said, that I may in the power of his resurrection. But there's somewhere along the line that people, see, many, many of us come to the Lord because of things that we've suffered. You take the mother that comes in and just lost her child. She's suffering. She's coming for help to deal with her suffering. Father comes in, homes destroyed. He's coming to the altar because he's needing Jesus to bring him out of the place of his suffering. There are people that call other people and get on the phone and come to altars and come to prayer meetings. Why? Because they want to address an enemy called suffering. But can I tell you that every suffering in your life is not your enemy. There's some suffering that you've got to learn how to call friend. Jesus called Judas. 
friend. And when Peter said, I'm not going to let you go and die and rebuke Jesus, Jesus then called him the devil. Somewhere along the line, we've got to be careful about calling our friends devils and our devil's friends. Because the very thing that you thought was meant as an enemy to kill you is the very thing that God says I'm going to use to advance you. What are you going to do? Are you going to allow the experience or the pain or what the devil did? You're going to let the devil get the glory for what he did? Are you going to let God get the glory for in spite of what the devil did, he's still a good God. He's still an amazing savior. He kept your mind. He kept your family. Praise the Lord, you could have been dead. You should have been gone, but the Lord kept you. Praise the Lord, you thought that you would never be here today, but the Lord brought you out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. So you're in a place. God, I need you to bring me out. See, the thing is, in the church, it's like this. There's some issues that you've thought. You know, it's like this. If, if a person comes in and got the Holy Ghost last week, and they come to the altar needing deliverance, we 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 think that that's all right. That's that's apostolic. That's Pentecostally acceptable. However. Have some years behind your belt. See, there there are things that I found out about myself. See, when I came to Jesus, I knew I was messed up. And I thought that me coming to Jesus would unmess me up. I'm making up words. thought it would unmess me up. I thought that all my troubles and all my problems would be over. I thought that I'd go down in Jesus' name and I would rise up and everything that ever had a hold of me would be gone. I thought that when I got the Holy Ghost, no more mistakes for me. No more problems. All my worries and all my troubles is gone. I'm ready to see the Lord. But after living for a while, I realized that, man, I thought I was messed up before I went into the water. (laughs) 
Living with God, listen, if you're transparent, if you will be transparent and not identify yourself by the role that you play. You know, it's like going into the mirror. I found myself going into the mirror sideways. I went down to Mississippi not long ago, and they were feeding me like crazy. I walked in the mirror the other day, and I told my wife, I said, and I looked this way. I was like, am I getting wider? Because my suits were like, I'm like, am I getting wider? She's like, you know, I was like, am I picking up weight? She's like, you know, you are a little bit. You are kind of getting little. God said, quit coming in here looking at yourself sideways. Trying to shave off your issues and trying to shave off your problems and trying to make your problems look a little bit smaller and your issues look a a little bit smaller so that you can fit into your robe of righteousness. And come in transparent, wide open and say, Lord, I've got some things that are on me that need to come off. Come on, you need to take that spiritual girdle off and come before the Lord transparent and say, Lord, I've got issues that I've been hiding from you. You don't need a spiritual waist trainer. So you can redistribute your ill proportions. There's a way to get rid of it. You got to burn it off. He said, Brother Hurt. God uses fire to help burn some stuff off of us. She said, George, you done picked up a few pounds. When I was in the hotel, I was like, I'm going to the fitness room. Put this thing on the highest incline. I'm going to put it at the highest speed. And I'm going in there like I'm going to the Olympics. Why? Because I I lose weight, pick up weight, lose weight, pick up weight. Depends on what part of the country I'm in. <laughs> if I'm in a part where folks can cook. If I'm in a part where folks don't cook. If I get to an Airbnb, I can bring it down. But the thing is, I got tired of making up excuses because before you know it, you know, people say, Brother Hurt, you working out? You know, women get fat. They don't ask, are they working out? 
Man get fat. Well, you're getting kind of buff there, ain't you? Unless you go over to your mom's house, she look at you. Boy, you're getting fat, ain't you? Tasha, what you cooking, my boy? Let me stay on track. But listen, you start lying to yourself. And before you know it, you're out of control. And some of us in this room come to the house of God. And listen, as of right now, I don't foresee that somebody in this room has their father's wife. But there are some that are sleeping with somebody that's not their wife or the husband. But that's not what I'm here to address tonight. Now, if that's, hold on, I am if that's what you're in. But I'm dealing with this thing that you tolerate, this mass, this persona that you put up. Because you're so focused on trying to play the role before everybody else. That you assume in order to be acceptable before God, you've got to play that role before the presence of God. You take the person that comes in the church, he knows he's messed up. At the altar every week, getting saved all over again. But after you've been in this thing for a while. And you done testified about how saved and sanctified you are. How Holy Ghost filled you are. You got some things up under your belt. You've got some stripes. Then what happens is after a while you start identifying yourself by the stripes that are on your shoulders. Instead of understanding that he took stripes for some things that are still in your life that need to be healed. God's looking for somebody that will be transparent and say, God, I need you to address this wounded me. I need you to address That hurt me. Address. The chaos in my life. There's another word. I need you Lord to address. The catastrophe. What do you call it? When a person goes through a. traumatic moment, the trauma. Well, there's another word. But I need you to address these areas of my life because you've never known what it is like. It's been a long time since you've came before the presence of God and actually knew what it was like to be healed in the presence of the Lord. 
Why? Because, see, the thing is, in order to come in and get your deliverance, deliverance don't happen pretty. If there was going to be deliverance in Israel, blood had to be shed. That altar was not a pretty place. There was some squilling, you know, when people come to the house of God and they've got stuff that they're not dealing with. Or they've got stuff and they they come in and say, you know, I'm, I'm just being transparent with God. Saints start looking like... What's going on with her? Pastor, I, I, I feel like Sister Susie. I feel like she's in sin. Why do you say that? You know, because I, I, I feel like, you know, she's she been in that altar awful bit a lot lately. You know, I was discerning her cry. But maybe you're the one that needs to be at the altar right along with Sister Susie and Sister Sally saying, Lord, here I am. I've got, I'm tired of faking it. And God is saying that he's tired of you faking it. He can address your issue. The thing is, when you have suffered something, by yourself and you're trying to bring something to God that you've endured by yourself it's hard to transition that over a lot of times when you're dealing with things that deal with old stuff of years ago usually when you're getting set free of it sometimes a lot of times at that moment of transition there's almost like a moment where it's like you feel like you are reliving the pain or the trauma of yesterday and sometimes through that process there are people that are present there are some folks that say you know what I'd rather get delivered at home but what happens when God says I want to deliver you right now See, the thing is, if you've got to have surgery, you go off of the doctor's schedule. This doctor doesn't go off of your schedule. When the doctor says, I've got an open spot, and I'm going to handle your issue, I'm going to deal with your problem, I'm going to deal with this condition, you don't rush that thing off. You don't rub that thing off so that you can maintain your image before the people. What am I saying, Brother Hurt? Some of you in this room, you 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 battle with meanness. You're loving at church, but you're mean at home. And the thing is, the people at at church know you're mean. They just won't tell you. But the thing is this: if you will come and say, "Lord, there's some things that I've suffered." I am going to deal with me. And the thing is, is that there's people in this room that that, that you know how, listen, I've been in church 22 years. Folks know when to say, it's like this. God good? All the time? 
people, when you're churchy and when you've been church, you know how to deal with the church jargon. People know how to blend in. But God's not looking for a blended church. He's looking for one that has been conformed, one that has been transformed, one that has been delivered, one that has been healed, one that has been renewed, one that has been restored. God doesn't want to give you new coil packs and keep the old spark plugs in. God wants to make you new. But are you too proud to be delivered? You saying, Brother Hurt, you're saying, you got to understand that if you're going to make it to heaven, you've got to be willing to die on an altar. Don't expect to have revival if there's no death. Don't show me somebody else's grave. Where is yours? Don't show me somebody else's altar. Where is your altar? Don't show me somebody else's fire. Where is your fire? Don't show me somebody else's sacrifice. Where is your sacrifice? Why? Because what God wants to do is he wants there to be such a transparency in this house. I'm not talking about you coming in and just sharing all your business and putting out all your laundry. But it should not be that you come to the house of God and you cannot get rid of your dirty laundry. Shouldn't be somebody coming to the house of God and you can't come to the altar and get rid of your dirty laundry without somebody sifting through your laundry. Quit trying to sift through what God is delivering from some delivering somebody else from and start sifting through the things in your life that God wants to deliver you from. I need to die. See, one thing about suffering. With Christ. Many of you in this room, you're married and you're stronger and your marriage your relationship got better when you went through some things. But some of us, we backslide on Christ when we go through some things. It's like the church of Ephesus. They, 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 they hated false doctrine. They withstood those that were apostles. They were, Church of Ephesus was like what we would call a solid apostolic church. They, 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 they stood for truth. They didn't waver. They believed in holiness. They had good works and the Lord knew about it. It wasn't just stuff they said about themselves. It wasn't like the other church where the Lord says, you had this testimony that you're lively stones, but you're really dead. It wasn't them. These people were what we consider to be the real deal. But the Lord says, I've got one thing against you. You left your first love. It's like the wife that gets up. The man that goes to work takes care of his family, but he's not in love anymore. 
the wife that is faithfully there going through the motions, but her heart isn't in it. She likes the idea of being a wife, but she fell out of love with the one that she's a wife to. Or he likes the idea of being a husband, but he fell out of love with the one that he is a husband to. They're they're role-playing. And God says, I don't want the church role-playing in a relationship with me. Why? Because if you're going to go through things, maybe it was the suffering. Maybe it was the conflict. Maybe it was the spiritual oppression that was at Ephesus. Maybe it was the wars and the conflicts that came through that place that made that church become repetitious. Where nothing was no longer fresh. Everything they were doing was just going through the motions. The Lord says, I want to deliver you from that tonight. Would you lift your hands? Hallelujah. I want to deliver you tonight. I got my son done. He wants to restore you tonight. Do you trust him with your soul? Remember when you first came into the church and you were wretched and undone? Remember when you came in and you had had enough? You came in and you screamed, you hollered, you cried because you were tired. You were tired of it. I know you're tired of sin, but are you tired of role play? Come on, I'm telling you that God wants to take you to another dimension. To not just another level in your ministry, not just another level in power, but another level in fellowship. Why? Because there's suffering that is on the horizon. And you're not going to be able to suffer properly role playing. Come on. He's calling the church to fellowship. But he says, I need you to take the mask off. I need you to take the role playing clothes off. I need you to be transparent. I need you to be real. I need you to be honest. I need you to come before me broken. Don't come before me trying to play a role. Don't come before me faking. Come on. Because there's an anointing that will come upon this church. There's an anointing that will come upon you. There's an anointing that will rest upon this area, upon this region. Praise the Lord. But we got to get rid of fake Pentecost.
Come on, we got to get rid of fake apostolic. We got to get rid of this fake church, this, this fake mentality, this role playing. Praise the Lord. We're not Hollywood actors and actresses. We're not auditioning for, a ch- we're not auditioning, praise the Lord, for a role in a movie. You got to understand we're trying to get in alignment. Praise the Lord. The Lord's coming back for a church that is without spot, blemish, recall, or any such thing. Church, this is not an audition. Praise the Lord. This is a wedding ceremony. Praise the Lord. This is a marriage supper that we're going to attend. Listen, if you're preparing for an audition, you're going to miss heaven. Praise the Lord. But if you're preparing for the wedding, you're going to make yourself ready. The Bible said that God is coming back for a church that is without spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. Come on, church. You got to get rid of your auditioning clothes. Come on. You got to get rid of your technique and say, you know what? I want to come before you broken. Praise the Lord. Lord, I need you to try me. Why? Because I'm telling you, church, there's some fire that's going to come to this region. It's going to try the church in this region. It's going to try the church in this nation. And can I tell you, this fire will burn up everything that's not like God. Church, can I tell you tonight, the only thing that is going to be able the last uh, is not the wood it's not the hay uh, it's not the stubble praise the lord uh, but it's something that's precious uh, something that shall endure forever church uh, can i tell you there's a purification uh, that is coming to the body of christ uh, there's a purification uh, that is coming to the church of the living god uh, and can i tell you your actors uh, your actresses and your role playing uh, is not good enough to sustain the fire you gotta get on an altar you gotta get a hold of God you gotta be real with God you gotta be transparent with God why because if you're going to endure to the end you gotta be transparent with God Come on. You're not going to just survive the end times. God wants you to have revival in the end times. God don't want you just to survive the end times. God wants to bring you to another level in this end times. God doesn't want you just to survive the end times. Church, can I tell you that God wants to give you victory in this end time? Can I talk to somebody in this room tonight and says, Lord, I lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset me. Lord God, I'm going to quit trying. Praise the Lord to impress the people that are around me. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Some of you tonight, praise the Lord. You know that God is calling you. You know that God is dealing with you. But before you're transparent with God, before you're real with God, you check your role play. Why? Because you've got fans. you got a lot of people that are your fan. They love you for the role that you play. But the Lord loves you for who you are. He wants to change who you are. He wants to restore who you are. He's not looking for artificial sacrifice. He's not looking for artificial prayer. He's not looking for artificial praise. But he's looking for somebody that will be real open and transparent and say, Lord, I've got a problem and Lord, here I am. Hallelujah. Come on. 
if it hurts, don't act like it hurts. Don't act like it's fine. Tell the Lord where you're at. If you're bound, praise the Lord, don't act like you're free. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm bound, but I want to be free. Praise the Lord. If you got strongholds on your life, don't come in here like you've been liberated, but come in here and say, Lord, I've got these things in my life, but tonight I'm believing you that you're going to break the chains off of me. I don't want to leave this place the way that I came in here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 If you're fighting fear, don't come in here faking it. Don't come in here and say, whoa, 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 whoa I've got, I just need to toughen up sometimes. Uh, praise the Lord. Sometimes I remember one time I was going through a season. I said, I'm tired of being tough. Uh, I want to be kept. Uh, I need your hand. Uh, I need your protection. I'm tired of standing up in my power. I'm tired of standing up in my boldness. Uh, my boldness and my power is not strong enough to keep me. I need a God that can keep me. Uh, I need a God that can deliver me. I'm tired of being tough. I want to be vulnerable. I need a keeper. I need your help. I need your deliverance. Come on, can I tell you? You don't have to be tough. You can be healed. You don't have to be tough. You can be kept. You don't have to be tough. You can be turned around. Hallelujah. Come on. What is that thing that's got a hold of your life? What is that thing that you've got a, that's got a hold of your life? What is that thing that you keep trying to push to the back? What is that thing that you keep sweeping up under the rug? What is that reoccurring thing that just keeps popping up in your life? I'm telling you that God can deliver you tonight. I'm telling you that God can redeem you, can restore you tonight. My friend, you've got to be honest. you got to speak to the Lord. You've got to confess that thing before the Lord. Don't come before the Lord acting tough. Come before the Lord transparent. Lord, whatever it takes, I want you more than anything. Whatever it takes, Lord, I want your will done in my life. Whatever it takes, Lord, I want to know you, God. I don't just want to know about you, but I want to have some fellowship with you. I don't want to get lost in this process, but I want to get a hold of you. Come on, church. I know you're suffering right now. Praise the Lord, but you don't have to walk around and suffer by yourself. The Lord's not going to get mad at you because you're going through a season of suffering. The Lord's not going to turn his back on you because you're going through a process. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your sustainer. Come on, you can come before God and say, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. I need your will to be done in my life. I need your deliverance to be done in my life tonight. Hallelujah. 
God's preparing us. Come on. In the name of Jesus. God's preparing us. Praise the Lord. Come on. I'm telling you, there's going to be revival in this end time, but it's not going to be pretty. Praise the Lord. Revival is here in this end time, but can I tell you, it's not going to be a pretty revival. Praise the Lord. We're not just going to go out with no conflict. Praise the Lord. This revival will come with much pain. This revival will come with much sorrow. This revival will come with much suffering. And can I tell you that God is your keeper? But what I'm telling you tonight is we got to get rid of some stuff. We got to lay aside every weight and sin that easily beset us. We need to lay aside anything that hinders our transparency with man and our transparency with God. Come on, why? Because we need to be able to put on the full armor of God. Come on, you got to take off that fake stuff. You got to take off that fake mask and put on the helmet of your salvation. Uh, praise the Lord. You're not robing yourself. Uh, you're not putting on battle fatigue uh, so that you can play a role in Hollywood. Uh, you're putting on battle fatigue because of the role that you play in the kingdom of God come on the Lord is your keeper the Lord is your might the Lord is your power the Lord is your God the Lord is your king come on in the name of Jesus tonight let the spirit of the Lord get a hold of you hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus.
was a child. There were times where I wanted to communicate. But I felt like I couldn't. I felt like if I communicated how I felt, I was disappointing my parents. So I lived acting like I was fine when I wasn't. There's some people in this room and I want you to, if you want to be delivered tonight, if you are afraid or if you have a hard time being transparent with God because you got more approval with playing a role Maybe as a child, maybe it was with your parents, maybe it was with your teacher, or maybe it was with another church, some, some kind of other leadership, I don't know. Just look like you're fine. And you learn how to live looking like something that you weren't. To the place where you feel like you are the role that you play. And coming to the altar, being real with God, causes the character that you play to die. The enemy has turned you into the villain. And the character and the role that you play, the hero. When that role and that character that you play is actually the villain. And God wants to restore the main character. If you're like Brother Hurt, I want to be free. I don't know how. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to be free. I don't know how. It's been rough. You know why? You ever had to bring your problems to somebody? You can only talk about it for so long. Before you can tell that they're getting upset by you even talking about it. Because they can't do anything to help you. So what do you do? You keep it to yourself. What do you do when you're, your problem is beyond the understanding to how to fix it? person you're trying to get help from they're like I don't I don't even know what to do 
They just say, you know what, we'll be praying for you. Because see, the thing is, sometimes we trust going to other people, but we don't trust our ability to go to God. Because when you suffer by yourself, oftentimes you're robbed of your ability to be transparent. Sometimes the way that you're, when it comes down, especially when you're suffering by yourself at the hands of people that should be helping you and they're hurting you. Then when it's time to be healed, you don't trust the doctor. When it's time to be healed, you don't trust the healer. I want you to take that thing that is put a wedge between you and God. I want you to take that thing that is hindered. I want you to lay it to the side. I want you to close your eyes or do whatever you do. I want you to get your mind on Jesus. I want you to get your mind on him. To think about his goodness. Think about his blood. Think about the blood that his son shed. He's touched by the feeling of your infirmities. He is a priest that not only has He not only has heaven's best interests in mind, but he also has the best interests of man in mind. No other priest represents man and represents God like Christ does. He has suffered, tempted on all points, yet was he without sin. He did this for you. He did this for me. He did this for all of us. There's anything that he knows, he knows about suffering. He even said in the end, he said, Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? After all men forsook him, he suffered in the courts by himself. But when he rose from the grave, he rose with all power in his hands. God knows how to get you out of this tomb. God knows how to get you out of this grave. God knows how to get you out of this cemetery. God knows how to get the chains off of you. That's it. Get your mind on him. 
because his mind is on you. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He said, they're thoughts of good, not of evil to give you an expected end. I want you to renounce the lies that the devil has told you. He said, whosoever will, let him come. That includes you. That does not exclude you. That includes you. Come on, when it comes down to the scriptures, the scriptures are inclusive when it comes down to you, not exclusive from you. Come on, the enemy has made your problem much bigger than what it really is. He has magnified the problem in your life and he has minimized God in your life. But can I tell you that God said, I want you to change the magnifying glass. I want you to magnify me. Instead of magnifying the problem, if you take the magnifying glass off the problem and get your magnifying glass in your mouth and begin to expose it towards God, then God's becomes bigger than your problem. Come on. It's where you put the magnifying glass. The magnifying glass is not in your hand. It's in your mouth. Come on. It's in your mouth. Come on, you got to choose what you're going to magnify. You're going to choose what you're going to put your mouth on. Praise the Lord. If you put your mouth on the Lord, you, you magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Something happens when you begin to magnify, not just the Lord, the name of the Lord. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Come on. The tower gets bigger when you magnify the name. Come on, the tower gets bigger when you magnify the name. If you don't magnify the name, the tower's small. But when you magnify the name, the tower gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The Bible says that God has highly exalted that name. And at that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of the Father that Jesus is Lord. What do I need to do? Call on the name of the Lord. Come on, in the name of Jesus, call on that name. Praise the Lord. If you're going through some things right now, just begin to say the name Jesus. You might not talk in tongues. You may not have ever talked in tongues, but just call on his name. You got to understand that if you needed a doctor, praise the Lord, you would call the doctor. Praise the Lord. If there was someone in the room that could help, you would call their name. Well, Jesus is in the room right now, but you got to call his name. He's coming to those that call his name. He's not attracted to needs. He's attracted to faith. Praise the Lord. If you would call on his name and faith praise god he will come to you the lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and of a contrite spirit come on in the name of jesus come on the devil doesn't have to the devil doesn't have much power not the power that you think he's got praise the lord his the lord's power is greater than the devil's power i'm not saying the devil doesn't have no power but if you would exercise your power you would see how great your god is praise the lord you've got the power to call on him you got the power to come to him the bible says come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy what do you mean? I'm just going to call his name. Maybe you got to step outside of yourself a little bit and just begin to, maybe it starts with a whisper. Sometimes you just got to say, Jesus, come on, you got to get it out of your mouth. Some of you right now, you feel the Lord telling you to call him, but on the inside, there's something that's fighting you saying, don't say it, don't call him, don't say his name, but just say it. Just say, Jesus, 
Come on, I'm telling you, praise the Lord. If you can get it out of your mouth, praise the Lord, the Lord to get it out of your heart. If you can get that name out of your mouth, I don't care what stronghold is in your life. I don't care what spirit has got a hold of your life. Praise the Lord. That spirit is no match for that man that was in the gatherings, that man that was in the, uh, uh, that was in the graveyard that came running for Jesus. He was a wild man full of devils. Praise the Lord. But those devils was no match for a man that was going to call upon the name of the Lord. Can I tell you, praise the Lord, I don't care what you've endured in your life. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care how big your sin or how big your problem or how big that devil is. That devil's not big enough to stop your mouth from calling on the name of Jesus. Come on, call his name. Come on, call his name. That's it. Say his name. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you that God's getting ready to move upon somebody. Praise the Lord that will call on the name of the Lord. The Lord says, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Somebody call his name. He's got a name that's a high exalted name. He's got a name that's lifted above every name. Demons bow at that name. Strongholds are broken at that name. Call his name. Oh God. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. Maybe you don't need Jesus to show up for you, but maybe your neighbor needs Jesus to show up for them. I need somebody that will magnify the name of Jesus. Somebody call his name. Somebody magnify his name. Can I tell you that Goliath is no match for a man that will magnify the name of Jesus. The bear is no match for a man that will magnify the name of Jesus. The reason why Goliath was small in the eyes of David, even though David was small in stature, was because the Lord's name was magnified in the mouth of David. I need somebody in this church that will call his name. What do you mean? I may be a little bit beside myself, but I'm going to get what I need tonight. That's it. Come on. I see you stood up. Praise the Lord. Let's take it a little bit step higher. Let's go a little bit further. Come on. Just say, take your mind off of this world and say, Lord, wherever you want to take me tonight, I'm going. Wherever you want to take me tonight, I'm going. Whatever you want to do with me tonight, I'm going. I'm going there tonight. Call his name. Come on. In the name of Jesus, call his name until every stronghold in your life begins to fight. Call his name until it begins to disrupt everything in your life. Call his name. Come on, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, you can't call his name and he not show up. You can't call his name and he not deliver a call. His name magnify his name. Don't call him the man upstairs. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the big guy in the room. Praise the Lord. He's more than just a father. He's more than just a son. He's more than just mighty. He's more than just wonderful. But his name is Jesus. Can I tell you his name is Jesus? Praise the Lord. When you call on the name of Jesus, wonderful walks in the room. When you call on the name of Jesus, deliver walks in the room. I don't know what you need tonight. Maybe you need a deliverer called the name Jesus. Maybe you got sickness in your body called the name Jesus. What do you mean by the hurt? He's a healer. Maybe you're bound up in prison and you don't know how to get out. He's a lawyer called the name Jesus. He's an advocate. He's a paraclete. He's one that will fight in your defense. He's your representative. 
called the name of Jesus. Somebody call his name. Somebody magnify his name. Somebody lift up the name of Jesus. I feel the Lord sleeping through this house. I feel the Lord sleeping through this house. Come on, call on him. That's it in the name of Jesus. Make your request known unto God. I want to be healed tonight. I want to be free tonight. That's it. There you go. Come on. You're going to get what you came here for tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, praise the Lord. I want you to take your minds off of who hurt you. I want you to take your minds off of who betrayed you and get your mind on Jesus. On the night the Lord said, I'm going to do a miracle in your life. He said, I'm going to do a healing in your heart. You don't have to put on the mask ask honey you don't have to walk around and act like you're happy when you're sad on the inside but God said I can make you whole he said I'm your healer he said I'm your deliverer he said I can work this thing out for your life he said I can work this thing out for your good in the name of Jesus come on I'm telling you that whatever the enemy meant for evil God's gonna turn this thing out for your good open up your mouth young lady open up your mouth young man and just say Jesus come on if you call his name I'm telling you the devil can't hold you if you call his name this stronghold can't keep you if you call his name the enemy cannot have a hold on you something happens when you call the name of Jesus something breaks and you call the name of Jesus strongholds come down when you call the name of Jesus that's it call his name you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost call his name you need your sins removed call his name praise the Lord you need deliverance call his name something happens when you call his name I'm not just here for religious experience I'm here to get a hold of the king of kings I'm here to get a hold of the lord of lords they tell me Jesus that you created the heaven and the earth they tell me that you're the one that created the sun the moon and the stars they tell me that you're the one that can help me I then tried doctors I then tried psychiatrists I then went to counselors I then went to this place and that place. I don't want the doctors. I went all around this world. Then tried men. Then tried women. Then tried drugs. Then tried alcohol. Then tried whatever. You were big and bad enough to try. But when it all else fails, I'm telling you there's an anchor that holds. When all else fails, there's a deliverer that stands. Come on. When all else fails, there's a keeper that knows how to keep you. He can bring you out. He can break the the enemy on your life. Every curse on your life has to come down. You called on that great name. Somebody call this name. Somebody magnify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. If you need to be baptized, if you're like, Brother Hurt, I've got sin on my life. I don't want this sin in my life. Come on, you can get delivered tonight. If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, wave your hand like this. If you want to be baptized, wave your hand like this. Come on, in the name of Jesus. But can I tell you that whatever you do, don't get a, don't leave this room until you get a hold of God. I want more. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your power.
power. I want more of your anointing. I want what you've got for me. My brother in the pink shirt, I think it's pink, with the guy with the red shirt on. No, the guy next to you with the pink shirt, I think it's pink. Raise your hands. What's your name? Jacob. Raise your hands, Jacob, towards heaven. Like in, the reason why I say raise your hands because when we do that, usually in our culture, it's a form of surrenderance. I surrender everything to God. And Jacob, you have a tender heart. God's been pulling on you. Sometimes God will allow disruption. To come into your life. To introduce you to his perfect will. Sometimes disruption comes as a blessing. And the Lord says I've allowed plans. To fall apart. Because he has a plan that he wants to bring together. In your life. Tonight, the Lord says, I am calling you closer. Closer to his will. You are a loyal person. You're loyal to friends. You're loyal to family. If you say that you're going to do something, you normally do it. When I look at you, I see someone that's, you're, you're committed. If you commit yourself, you commit yourself. You don't try to make promises and not keep them. But as you can tell, 
this disruption that has occurred has been allowed by God. And the Lord said that if you would surrender, he said, not only will I do a work in you, he said, but I'll do it in your family. I see you as a puzzle, as a key puzzle piece. And you've got influence with a lot of people. People are, people, you influence people. People can, people do, you're not a follower. You're a leader and people, people follow you. And I see revival happening with these people that follow you. You either lead a lot of people to hell or a lot of people to heaven. But the Lord says, I have given you that gift or that talent for his glory. What God is looking for is for you to say, Lord, I surrender all. Not what you feel like you could have been. Because what you could have been may not be what you're called to be. Right now in your life, this is a time to be looking for purpose, plan. Not our plan, but God's perfect plan for your life. How old are you? 19 years old. How often do you pray, Jacob? Huh? Throughout the day. You said since baptism of what? Since baptism. Good. Did you get, huh? You prayed for months. We should do that every day. You pray in tongues this week? Do that every day. God's going to use you. Who's the young man in the black? Jonathan. Would you raise your hands, Jonathan? How old are you, Jonathan? When you raised your hands, I heard the Lord said, he'll do anything. I'm going to pray for a boldness with wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You will have miracles in the streets. Don't measure yourself by where you're at right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would use my brother, balance him out. 
And I'm asking God that you would use them, Lord God, to your glory. In the name of Jesus. There's a major revival that is just happening with that group right there. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. The disciples. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My brother with the pink shirt. You got any family here? I just keep seeing revival with your family. The Lord said, do not be troubled. By any kind of thoughts of persecution. That would come to try you or to come against you. Sometimes obedience of Christ can also bring about the betrayal of men. But in the midst of it, God is doing his perfect work. And God knows how to bring revival out of chaos. But I see I see a lot of souls, and that's not to, I see a lot of souls, and you obey God, but there's, there's a, there's a, I just see, but so who's the young lady next to you? 
You, you brought her today. How you doing? I'm doing well. What is your name? Autumn. Awesome. You've been in this church before, Autumn? What you think? <laughs> That's good. Sometimes different is good. Especially when it, is it a good different or a bad different? <laughs> like it's just different. Am I making you nervous? I know. Autumn, you talk in tongues? No. Can I tell you something, Autumn? God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I know you're like, what did he just say? <laughs> Let me break it down to you, Autumn. I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Ghost. But God is a spirit. God cannot be seen. But he's heard. God fills all space. You were created for God. You were created for the glory of God. You believe that, Autumn? All right. Man sinned against God. Sin separated us from God. Jesus, which is the Son of God, was used as a sacrifice the Bible says wages of sin is death that means that if you sin you die man died physically spiritually we die when we fall out of relationship with Christ with God things die when sin comes in Everything you see in this world, Autumn, that is destructive is here because of sin. I'm not just speaking to Autumn, but I'm speaking to other people in here. I'm just talking to Autumn. I'm just using Autumn because I can attach a name and Autumn's standing next to that guy. So, But Autumn... The most important thing that you will ever do is see Jesus. Reason why he woke us up this morning is to prepare us for, for his return. Not for the success of tomorrow. But preparing to see him tomorrow. And using that today. Autumn, everybody that you see in this room has not always been like they are. 
some of these people were ex-drug addicts. Some of them were whoremongers. Some of them were drunks. A lot of different stuff that you see in this room. You can't see it because the blood covers them. That being said, Autumn, not even on your best day are you good enough for Jesus. None of us. So what do we do? We have to repent. The Bible says today is the day of your salvation, not the day that you choose, but the day that he calls you. It's like this. I'm convinced that you've probably prayed before. Am I correct? All right. And you've probably prayed more than five times in your life, correct? All right. How old are you? 20. I'm, I'm persuaded that you've learned some things this year that you did not learn previous years, correct? All right. But you just, it added to you. Am I correct? It didn't demote you, but it added to you. All right. I believe that when a person seeks after God, he's going to bring them to receiving him on the inside. God doesn't just want to live on the outside of you. You were made for him to be on the inside of you. And that's what he wants. See, the thing is, you came here. Just come to church. I assume that he brought you. Because he probably told you what God did for him, correct? That's normal. Because you're probably going to do the same thing. Because when you get what he's got, you're not going to want to keep it to yourself. Autumn, you've been baptized before? Have you ever sinned before? You ever sinned after you were baptized? All right. Are you a sinner? All right. She's honest. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you something, Autumn? You came here not just because he brought you. You came here because God led you here. He just used him to bring you. So there's a will. And I know you've observed everything that's gone on. But God observed you before you came out of your mother's womb. 
this moment was already preordained. God knew that this moment would be here. You came here because of what you heard God did for him. And evidently you must want God to do that for you for you, or else you wouldn't be here. There's nothing wrong with wanting anything that God has for you. But I'm going to tell you how to get what he's got. You got to repent. That means you got to be willing to turn from everything that's not like God and make God boss of your life. You want God to be in charge? Autumn? Huh? Like, yeah. Well, you got to repent. And that's not just for Autumn, but that's anybody else that's in this room. Autumn, when you were baptized, were you baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? All right. If you were baptized in here, you were baptized once, but it was in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Raise your hands. You are baptized one time in your life, but it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Raise your hands. All right. All right. Autumn. Reason why I talk about that is that you got baptized in a church. You know, a lot of churches have a traditional form of baptism. It's not necessarily like in the Bible, but they just kind of do it through tradition. And basically, it kind of comes out of the Catholic Church. Kind of like a lot of things you see in a lot of churches. You'll see a lot of things that come from Catholicism. It's like, well, why do you do this? The reason why they do it is because it's just tradition. But the Bible says that the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. God doesn't have you here today to get something traditional. He wants to give you something that only he can give you. But you got to do it his way. Autumn. We've got water. We've got clothes. Autumn, you need to be rebaptized for your sins to be removed. Not in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's tradition. But you and I both know that tradition can't save you. You're here because evidently you know that God is authentic and real. There's a real way to get what God has. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus and God will wash away all of your sins. When you do that, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you thought you were born again, but you're going to find out what being born again is all about when you get this tonight. How many believe that God will do it? How many of you know that God will do it? So Autumn, since you came here to get what he's got, what would stop you from getting it tonight? All right.
Well, if you will apply what I'm telling you, we've got water in the back, we've got clothes in the back, and we will baptize you tonight. She said, okay. Somebody get the water. Somebody get the clothes. If you could follow the lady that is walking to the back in the black. You know what he did? He broadcasted what God did for him. If everybody would bring someone that broadcasts what God did for you this week, this church would double before next week. If he brought them. If everybody just brought somebody. You say, well, where would I sit? You give them your seat. You watch out. They have to get a big projector outside and watch it from your cars or live stream or something. Watch from your cell phone in the parking lot. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My brother and sister, uh, that's my brother with the brown pants on, the wife, the girlfriend, wife with the skirt on with the stripes. You're all husband and wife, right? All right. She'll hold hands. Well, you are holding hands. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Hold her, man. You can pick her up as far as I'm concerned. You can hold hands, hug, do whatever. Lift your hands up. Hold hands at the same time. There you go. I see you. God is going to use you to win souls over the internet. reason why over the internet because it's going to be in soil that you can't get to right now. Just kind of look at it like this. You're going to be like a missionary. The Lord said do not measure yourself by the ridicule of people that did not value what God was doing in your life. The hand of God is on you. You and your wife are special. I don't say that for flattery. You're special. And people are like, well, no, we're all special, yes. But sometimes we need to know that we're special in the eyes of God. But God's going to use you. Not only are you going to win souls, but you're going to see miracles happen. I see you winning souls over the internet.
I see you guys sitting in front of a computer. And I see you teaching Bible studies to people that are in a room. And God's going to open up the doors. They're going to get baptized. Some of them will get the Holy Ghost right there. But the Lord said, do not wait. Do not allow yourself to be like, well, I'll just wait until I'm able to. What sense does it make to wait till you can? It's like I see you saying, like, it makes more sense just to do what I can do now here. Around here. But there's some people that I'm seeing. It's like I see you going on Facebook and I see you teaching some Bible studies to some people. So, do this. You got Facebook? Huh? All right. This is what I want you to do. Go on Facebook. And start paying attention to who contacts you from overseas. Because it's going to happen. When they start contacting you, you need to begin to teach Jesus to them. Don't ignore them. Teach Jesus, preach Jesus, and you're going to be seeing people get baptized and get the Holy Ghost. They're just not going to be here. They're going to be over there. Everybody worship the Lord. Related, what are you, brothers? Who's the oldest? Well, I can't you stand up to. Stretch your hands towards this family. Hallelujah. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you put a boldness on them to pray impossible prayers. You got a testimony of what God can do. When you don't know what to say, talk about what God can do. Talk about what God has done. Talk about what God can do. And I see a flow. It's like a water flow that is going to flow from you. And there's going to be people that you or that are in your family and people that you're connected to that are going to that are going to be one. Do not allow, don't allow 
the words of a few people to stop the word that God has spoken to both of your hearts. Your loyalty is to God. Not man, but to God. You submit yourself to God, you resist the devil and he'll flee. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for peace. I'm asking God that you would reveal to them your perfect will. Help them to walk in it. Let them see your hand. Let them walk in faith. Make them bold like a lion. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody put your hands together and worship the Lord. That's it. Go ahead and worship him. We're ready to get out of here. In Jesus' name.